the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back to the time, 6.09 in the second hour. We've got two lines open if you want to join our discussion on the topic of honor. Um, and, and the question that I raised earlier is, wherein have you discovered in the year 2017 that you may have not been as honorable as you uh, should have or could have, and you felt it. It had an impact in your life. It impacted you because of neglect or just the natural tendency that sometimes we have to not do what God tells us to do. Because everything that God tells us to do is honorable. It's intrinsically honorable. God is good, and God is only good. And so when he tells us to behave a certain way or do a certain thing, um, to act a certain way. It is honor, It is in order that honor might be experienced, affirmed, and then conferred. Experienced in your own life because God is speaking to you. That's an honor. Experienced in your own life because the impact of the word uh, transforms you and affirms your sonship. That's an honor. Uh, Experienced in your life because then you are filled with the fruits of righteousness by which you can be a blessing to others, which is what God wants us to do. So I'd love to hear from you. Two lines open, one 367 5329 Let me go to line one and talk with uh, Jared in San Jose. Jared, what's your question, comment, or observation, sir? Um, well, right now, my real question, um, I definitely have been making a lot of progress, you know, following the Lord and honoring the Lord, because I know that God is great, you know? The yes. devil is the evil one. There's yes. no doubt about that. At times, the devil tries to deceive us mm-hmm. and, you know, try to act like he's not as bad as what he is. Right. But we know him as, you know, the father of lies, which is what he is. Correct. So my real question is, I already know that the devil cannot read our minds. He is not omnipresent you know he's not omnipotent he can't read our minds omniscient 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 i apologize that's okay a long day that's good absolutely (laughs) Um, yeah my my question is can can the devil put thoughts in your head though Mm -hmm, absolutely right so that's a great question Great question. And so in the in the context of honor, as I will be continually uh, permeating our audience and our listener group with it, Jared, um, when the Bible says um, in First in Peter to gird up the loins of your mind, it is exactly for that reason. When it says in Ephesians chapter six to put on the helmet of salvation. It is precisely for that reason. When the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, it is exactly for that reason. And when the Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life, it is for that very reason. So Lamont, our previous caller, which is one of our elders at Grace, um, contemplating with me the whole subject of um a propositional thought. He gave us the Genesis narrative. That may have been the reason why you spur, you were spurred to call because the Genesis narrative, Genesis narrative, Jared gives us yeah. the first query and question. There is no question given in Genesis until Genesis chapter three, verse one, which means first and foremost, the adversary, the devil is a hostile opponent who engages in debate 
against the intrinsic, inscrutable, controvertible righteousness and goodness of God. His first question, his first form of speech to God's pinnacle of creation was a question. So here's how uh, theology works in terms of temptation and fall, which is something I'm going to develop more fully in one of our messages in about a month from now as I deliver Adam from the false interpretations that are rendered by most um, of the Christian church relative to what happened there. Um, The serpent poised a question, and that question was received by Eve, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. So what he didn't do is in some kind of mystical way enter into her head and understand her thoughts. But what he did do, Jared, is to observe her ways. Since he was created as a celestial creature, he in he uh, possessed a serpent by which he could have a a vocal conversation with uh, with Eve, but only after he had assessed the full scope of who she was, what she was, and what her potential was. And so his first hissing strike, his first hissing strike was a question. Now, questions are designed to draw you out. If a person doesn't know why an individual raises a question, a lot of cults do that. They will start by asking you a question. And what they want to know with that question is whether or not you have your guards up, Jarrett. And and so yeah. when we are thinking, if we are thinking passively, if we are thinking in a very vulnerable, uh, non-discriminatory way, if we are not thinking discerningly, thoughts can enter in from the whole sphere of this world system. He is the prince of the power of the air, so he doesn't have to speak directly to you. He's going to speak to you through the media. He's going to speak to you through images. He's going to speak through you to you through propositions, through messages, through the relentless information base that dominates our culture. He's going to speak to you and at you with the impact that comes from him knowing who we are in our weaknesses. And so James chapter one around verse 13 and 14 lays out every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. And so where we find the struggle of the adversary is not so much in him, Jared, but in ourselves, in ourselves. And so what you and I want to do is to learn how to discern thoughts. That's what Lamont was saying, analyzing our thoughts. But I'm going to I'm going to give you these three categories, too, because this is critical. You got to know the difference between your intellect and its conversation, your emotions and its conversation and your volition and its conversation. You have conversations that proceed from your willfulness and it's yeah. it drives you to determinations and agendas and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do the other. that's a volitional largely volitional conversation that you're having. It can be stoked by your emotions, how you feel. And then your emotions can be advised by your intellect. Your intellect can play the lowest part of that triad, that trifecta. It can be the most minimal part. And that's the danger because that's what happened to Eve. She allowed the adversary to attack her in her intellect, attack her in her emotions, and her her volition was brought into captivity, driven by her emotions to go contrary to God's word. And that's what you and I have to be very careful about how to assess how am I thinking? 
Yeah. And so what Paul says, well, um, and what, what Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 is that we must bring every thought, every imagination into captivity. That's right. Captive. That means we have to assess it. It can't just come in and have its way in my house. I'll end up being a slave for a long period of time if it just has its way. You and I can find ourselves going down the road of sin for a long time, paying a heavy price and not being liberated until God in his mercy breaks the chain of it just by an unwise thought. This is why David said, I thought on my ways. Can, I know a Christian cannot be demonically possessed, but can a Christian be demonically oppressed if they are not, you know, living under the law and the blood of Jesus Christ? Even if they've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, if yeah. they are not, yeah. if they are yeah. acting in disobedience yeah. and and you know maybe repenting from their sins but not turning from their sins, right. is it possible to become to to become demonically oppressed? Right. Perfect question. And this will be a great question to go to a break on. Let me share with you what I know from experience in counseling at length. Uh, And here's an assessment that I'm going to make about that to everyone listening. There are more Christians oppressed than should be. And as a consequence of them being oppressed, uh, they are led astray. Um, this is what I meant by not being able to discern your intellect, your your emotions, and your volition. There are a lot of Christians who operate out of the flesh from their emotions and are led astray into error and into falsehood, into false doctrine, false teaching, and they are oppressed. They are they are depressed. They are on the verge of psychosis. They have a real uh, poor uh, psychological and emotional well-being. They are troubled internally, agitated, uh, and struggling enormously, enormously, and at the foundation of it is a lack of respect for, uh, for nurturing their faith in the God Please understand this, ladies and gentlemen, if you and I are not uh, 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 building ourselves up in our most holy faith, as Jude puts it, uh, praying in the spirit, and that's not speaking in tongues, praying in the spirit, building ourselves up in our most holy faith, that's a collective thing. That's not an individual thing. Uh, if we're not walking in those principles of grace that were modeled by Christ, modeled by the apostles, in order to fight a good warfare, yes, we'll be brought into captivity. And there are a lot of Christians in Babylonian captivity right now, as you and I speak, Jared. Yes, oppressed. Never, never possessed. When you're Christ, he owns you. But at yeah. our own volition and will, he will give us over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul might be saved in the last day. You remember what Paul said in First Corinthians chapter five concerning that young man that was sleeping with his father's wife, thinking that he was saved by grace and at liberty to live like hell. Uh, the admonition that was given by Christ through Paul was to let him go, excommunicate him, give him over to the world so that Satan might destroy his flesh in order that his soul might be saved. And what that meant is it's a prescription for severe discipline for people who do not say, take the gospel and the word of God seriously. Yeah, Ephesians uh, six twelve. You know we're not just same thing with the flesh, but of evil spirits in heavenly realms. That's the pers- and, uh, that's the my, principle. My main thing right now is what's the best way to renew the mind? You get you allow God because I know we can't renew our minds as much as people think they could take it in their own hands and get healthy thoughts on their own. The truth is, is real healthy thoughts come from the Spirit of God alone. So what is the best way to renew your mind in, in Christ? You know, how, what is, what yeah, is the best step to take I'm, 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 to get your I'm, mind I'm, right with God again? Okay, here it is. Listen. 
the 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 form and shape of of the New Testament Christian is really rooted in some fundamentals. Uh, this is called discipleship. Uh, you have to be under sound doctrine consistently under sound doctrine. Um, I'm going to take a break because I'm overdue, but I'm going to speak about the importance of submission to sound doctrine, submission to sound comprehensive. The Greek term is hygienos, from which we get the term hygiene. And I'll, I'll talk about why we are living in a day where people have itching ears and an itching ear is a sign of an unhealthy person. An itching ear means you have a scab. It means you have a disease. That's what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Itching ears, heaping up to themselves teachers because they have itching ears. A healthy ear is a healthy heart. And a healthy heart is the consequence of healthy doctrine. And healthy doctrine only comes when you submit to sound teaching by and by. Got to take a break. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back the time, 625. There are two lines open if you want to give a call. In fact, three, two lines, three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Before we go to our next caller, I do want to respond to uh, Jared's uh, very germane um, question about um, demon harassment, demon um, attack, demon assault. Um, obviously, uh, we play it down. In fact, our culture today would not only deny uh, demons, but it denies God. But the scriptures are fundamentally clear. Now, we're going to we're not going to create an atmosphere and context for um, uh, a bogus boogeyman here. But what we are going to say is this. There are uh, a method. There are methods. Uh, Methodius is the Greek term in Ephesians 6 that speaks to the strategies and schemes of the devil, uh, his wiles. There are methods that the devil uses to attack people and especially the Christian. He is certainly looking for the Christian to be unarmed or inadequately armed and not dressed for the warfare. And he finds them everywhere. Lazy Christians, disobedient Christians, rebellious Christians, carnal Christians, foolish Christians, naive Christians. And those are all categories of sin. And where that's the case, he can take his time and strategically aim his arrows at the open spots in your armor and tag you. He doesn't even have to. Be anxious about it because the Christian today is so careless about this warfare of thinking and contemplating and working through obedience to Christ. The average Christian is a slave to sin. Certainly true. Now, let me get back to the importance of sound doctrine to help you overcome it. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, are wholesome words. It is the kind of teaching that sound Bible teachers are called to promote, discourse, communicate, exposit, teach, preach, exhort, instruct, in fact, admonish and rebuke. So I'm going to share with you a a fundamental insight in the second Timothy chapter four, verse one, two and three. And it's actually verse three that I want to call your attention to the unhealthy Christian. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his coming. One day the kingdom will manifest itself. 
Here is the imperative. <clears throat> Continue preaching the word. It's in the indic- present indicative verb. Continue preaching the word. Be instant in season and out of season. So when sound preaching takes place, guess what it looks like adjectivally? Reproof. Rebuke. And then exhortation with all long suffering and doctrine. You have churches that despise doctrine. Well, they are unhealthy churches. You have churches that despise reproof, then they are unhealthy churches. You have churches that uh, despise being rebuked from time to time, all whom the Lord loves. He what? Those churches are unhealthy. You have churches that despise the exhortation of prophetic truth, pointing men and women to Christ, calling them to obedience to the master. They're unhealthy. And here is what Paul says is the problem for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That carries a number of implications. They will not bear up under it. They cannot handle it away from us with these things. Cause the Holy One to cease from us. Speak to us smooth things. That's where we are in our churches today. They can't handle 45 minutes of sound, solid biblical preaching. And you know what's sad? We laugh about it. We laugh about the church having a prohibition against one-hour sermons, and you hear people everywhere from the pulpit on down, talking about long sermons, as if it's a virtue to shut God off from speaking to his people because we've got too many other things to do. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, uh, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Enduring sound doctrine is a healthy soul. That can lift the weight intellectually a biblical proposition because it's used to hearing God's word. Not only is it able to lift the weight because of the exercising of its senses, its hunger for biblical truth, its love for Christ, its recognition of the sphere of the spirit of a spirit of God in the preaching and teaching. But it wants more. Can I get an amen? Now, here's what he says. Preach the word in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Sound doctrine. The Greek word is hygienos, from which we get the term hygiene, from which we get the term health. In the New Testament, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the word is translated whole. When Jesus healed somebody, he would say, go away, you are whole, or your faith has made you what? Whole. They that are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick need a physician. And when the Bible speaks to sound doctrine, it means healthy doctrine, doctrine that produces health. Now, the itchy ear is the ear that's been contaminated by sin, by the world, and by the unclean spirit, even Satan himself. It's when the Christian allows his ear to wallow in the muck and mire and filth and perversion of this world system to the point that it leaks into their heart. And that contaminant corrupts their capacity for healthy affections. In fact, it can be so bad, child of God, that when you actually hear sound doctrine, you have an aversion to it, like what I'm doing right now. And yet there are others who right now who are in such a uh, uh, seriously defeated state that what they are hearing right now, they are loving because they don't hear it in their pulpits. They don't hear sound doctrine expounded and exposited like this. 
It used to be a day in our churches where the pulpits were on fire and men and women were aware of the presence of God and that unique sound called biblical truth that pointed men to Christ and so gripped their souls that they were brought up out of the allurements of this sinful world system. Their hearts and minds were realigned to biblical truth and their souls enjoyed fellowship and communion with God and they were healthy. What does that mean? They had a natural aversion to the perverse doctrines, perverse uh, systems of this world, perverse. They had a healthy fear of self a uh, healthy fear of uh, man-made doctrines, a healthy fear of humanism, a healthy fear of them being the center of attention. They had a healthy fear of that because they know that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things who can know it. And they know that the only way we can be secure is for the lovely Lord Jesus, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, to be near us in the preaching of the word of God, in the presence of the people of God. The Holy One himself is what makes us holy. The Holy One himself makes us holy. The moment we are distancing ourselves from God by not being under sound teaching consistently, we are fooling ourselves. And it will be manifested by scabs, diseased ears, diseased heart, and ultimately diseased thinking and diseased mouths, and therefore diseased bodies and diseased conduct. According to Revelation chapter 21, nothing unclean will enter into heaven. Nothing unclean, except you be born again, washed in the blood, washed in the sound doctrine of gospel preaching and teaching, washed by the spirit of Christ who is cleaning up his bride right now, Ephesians 5. He loved her by washing her in the washing of the water of the word that he might present her without spot and blemish or any such thing. This is what's taking place now for those who are true believers. No unclean thing will enter therein. So, yeah, a lot of believers are jacked up because they don't honor time. They don't honor their heart. They don't honor their mind. They don't honor God's word. They don't honor God's method by which he corrects and builds up and strengthens his people. They don't honor the necessity of transformation and renewal. They don't honor fellowship and communion with the spirit of God. They don't honor his approval. There are a lot of Christians, ladies and gentlemen, that are just absolutely uh, uh comfortable with being under the weak conviction of broken fellowship with God. Got to take a break. When I come back, I'll take your phone calls since the lines are full now. I hope that helped you understand that we are in a bad way in our Christian churches today. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And the time is 639. We've got two segments to go, maybe one. Um, All the lines are full. If you want to try to call, you may do so. Um, Let me go to line number two and talk with Joel in San Francisco. Um, Joel, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Pastor. Great show. Thank you. Um, uh, I love uh, what we're uh, discussing right now and Mm -hmm. what you are uh, teaching us. Um, But I, I did want to just share that uh, we, we have a ministry on the uh, Internet, and it's uh, for people that are depressed. Mm-hmm. And 90, I would say 88, 90% of our callers that call in for help and, mm-hmm. and are really just in the dumps are Christians yep. that are struggling. Yep. And I just, I just want to share that, that you know, I, I don't want to throw any rocks at anybody, so I'm just going to uh, uh, explain a little bit about myself. The Lord has taught me... Uh, this year, just to go back to your original subject, uh, the Lord has taught me this year that I need to I need to be myself very honorable to Him yeah. because of what He's done for me. That's right. 
and um, that I need to, like you said, you got to capture every thought that comes through your screen because some of those thoughts, you're not all the devil. You know, you're coming up with some stuff that, that maybe you need to just check yourself and say, Lord, what's this about here? And he'll, you know, he's not going to, He's not going to turn the Holy Spirit. Don't turn the back on you. He's going to tell you right away. That's this is not this is not the Lord. True. He didn't put these thoughts. So what I do is I capture them right away and I say, Lord, mm-hmm. remove every thought in my mind and in my heart that is not of you, mm-hmm. and fill my mind with your thoughts yeah. and your heart, Lord. Yeah. And yeah. the only way you can get that, and like I said, I'm not picking on everybody because I'm just explaining about myself. I got to get back to the word. Right. I got to say, Lord, edify me, fill me with your word, so I can put a stop to this. Because it was about a week ago, I was very depressed. Yes, I'm out here. I'm a soldier for the Lord, but at the same time, I still got to do the work. Absolutely, I got I to I gotta keep myself strong. Yes, and, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and if you don't do that, you're going to leave yourself for, like you said, an arrow. And the enemy knows our trigger points. Yep. He knows. He knows where we're weak, and yep. he also knows. How and I just did a um, some research on on the scriptures on temptation and the it all began with with Eve like you said earlier yep and and he knows how to how to get in into us and and start working on us and every every sin begins with a thought yep correct yes it does propositional. Yes. That's so the one battle. Eight six six to Jesus. That's right. One six six to Jesus. One, one you, eight six six to Jesus. One, Call us. It's a pro, uh, suicide prevention prayer line, and uh, we're you know we got small number of people working on there, but we're doing we uh, great work for the Lord. We and want the more. Doing it all. Joe, we want more. We want more. This year, two thousand eighteen, we want more. And this will speak also to my concern about um, the condition of the church world too. It, the the enemy has worked strategically to make people selfish. Yeah. Um, here you have just stated that much of what you guys do um, on the hotline one eight six six to Jesus, right? Yes. Um, is to help people that are on the brink of suicide and other very uh, uh, morbid uh, actions who are depressed. And a lot of them are professing Christians. There is no doubt about that. He, they can even be true believers. I would, wouldn't even dare say that they aren't. But as the Bible is clear that we have to grow up where we don't grow up, um, the enemy will be able to have its way extensively. So not only do they need to have us honor them by being there so that we can answer the calls, but we need more of the them uh, more of you who are professing believers to be ready to labor in the cause of something so noble as a phone call to deliver a brother or sister by just a conversation. How edifying it would be for you in the year 2018 to be the vehicle by which God has strengthened and recovered from the precipice of death um, one human being who bears the Imago Dei, who may even also bear the spirit of the living God. How honorable would that be? You talk about wanting to do something honorable this year, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not engaged in ministry as we ought all to be, Join my brother Joel in this ministry, 1-866-TO-JESUS. 1-866-TO-JESUS is a hotline. You can use your phone. You can go on whenever you want to. You don't have to be on there at odd uh, odd or bizarre times. Just whenever you want to. We need more soldiers to be able to utilize a tool of uh, cell phones and telephones to bless people. What a wonderful way to get over gossip by texting, gossip by email, gossip by all the other methods you use and begin to gospel for the salvation of sinners and the salvation of the saints. Thank you, Joel. Bless you, brother.
Line number three, Rodney from Oakland. What say ye? Good evening, Pastor Jessica Stans. How are you? I'm great. What's your thoughts? My thought is um, I have a, got me another phone, and this this app came up, right? And Because uh, I read the King James Version of the Bible, but this app came up, and it's, oh, wow, it's the Bible on my phone. Right. And so I, I started reading it. But then all of a sudden, as you get into it, you know, you want to install this, and then it, it popped up to the Mormons. Oh, this is the Mormons. Right, you know? right. So, so I'm like, you know, it's kind of like the Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses. Are, are those healthy? I mean, I know pretty much not the Jehovah Witnesses, but I'm like the Mormons. Are, I mean, what is that about? Well, I'm, the, I mean, I'm, the Mormons I'm, are I'm, worse. The Jehovah Witnesses have some sound doctrine. The Mormons are worse. Uh, unfortunately, wow. the Mormons are out there on planets that don't even enter into the sphere of biblical truth. Their um, form and shape of expression evangelically um, is, is so subtle that people are deceived. They are powerful. Uh, they are massively powerful around the world with riches and wealth. One of their own Mormon kind almost became president, Mitt Romney. So they are powerful and wow. they are subtle and they are strategically engaged in making you think they are a Christian. Um, and so, yeah, I wouldn't even begin to entertain uh, the path that they're going down because the rope that you would need to be pulled up out of their pit would be so long that only few men carry that kind of rope to deliver you out of the yeah. dark pit of Mormonism. Um, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, their their fallacies are very clear historically and theologically as well. I could not commend them, though I do understand several positions that they hold against the typical evangelical church. Uh, but the Bible is uh, is your safeguard and sound doctrine, my dear brother. Yeah, the apps are no. going to come up. They're free. But uh, just use yeah. discernment, Rodney. Just use discernment. No, I, no, I'm, I am content. Like I said, I am content with coming to hear you and reading my words. But I'm just saying I had answers because when I, when I saw a glimpse of that Mormon, I stopped looking. They still come up. I'm, I'm not reading this. I'm not reading it. There you I'm go. I'm not reading it. I can tell I you, boy. No, I ain't buy it. Don't buy it. No, I come, I'll go listen to Jesse and sit down and read my word. I'm, the rock in the slingshot is good enough for me. There you go. I appreciate it. Ooh, that's a good word. A rock in the slingshot. He's talking about the Lord Jesus, who is the stone of stumbling and rock of offense, but the rock of foundation for everyone who believes on him. And God used Jesus to sling him into the heart, eye of our uh, foe and adversary, both the law of God and Satan himself, to render us justified freely by his grace uh, through the redemption that's in Christ. Let me go to line number uh, um, line number four. Let me talk to my friend Sally in Marin. Sally, are you there? I am here. How are you? I, I wish that people who call themselves Christians and have not opened the Bible for years would at least start to read the Proverbs and think about the fact that all the instruction in Proverbs was what our Lord Jesus kept yep. when he was on earth. Yes, ma'am. And and what really got me calling you is, for those of us that were born before 1960 or 50, mm-hmm. are appalled at the dishonor in Washington, D.C. above all of our elective people. I Agreed. mean, most of them. I, unfortunately, I don't think we hear about the ones that, that are honorable. I agree, and um, I have intentionally stayed away from addressing politics recently because I see so many dishonorable things. I warned about it with regards to a number of issues prior to the presidential election because the the Bible actually calls us for calls 
calls men and women in politics, particularly to certain standards. But this is the degradation of our society right now. We have to call it for what it is and at the same time be honorable in calling it for what it is. But Sally, my heart sighs and cries just like yours does over the state of America in many, many areas, many, many, many areas. And you are right. The Proverbs is a wonderful place to see our Lord Jesus as the son of the father there, the son of the mother there. He speaks in three categories in Proverbs, the father-son relationship, the king-servant relationship, and it closes out with the husband-wife relationship in that Proverbs 31 is about the virtuous wife um, who can speak kind words and wise words to her children. So it is a wonderful book that points us to the obedience of Christ and what we should be doing as well by the grace of God. And the other thing is, since 1990, the language, the dirty language that comes out of the mouth of so many people, and they don't even realize, you know, unless you are in the Word, you don't realize how, like you say, it's a dirty scab. Yes, it is. It's a very dirty scab, sister. It's a very dirty scab. And um, the proverb says it in Proverbs 6, God hates a a forward mouth. He hates it because he understands that it actually promotes more evil and more sin. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, my sister. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'll answer the last few. I think it's Don and Reginald. Don and Reginald, you hold on. We'll close you on this uh, Monday edition of Lifeline. Great words from Sally. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, we're back. Let me go to line number one and talk with Reginald in San Francisco. Reginald, what's your question, comment, or observation, sir? Can you hear me? I can. Okay, uh, I'll call because I can say in general, you talk about 2017. I've done a lot of things that were beneficial in uh, Christianity. But as far as my question was, as far as the book of Revelation, they say they don't know who wrote it. My curiosity thing is, uh, in general, with churches breaking up, Muhammad that uh, was in the Quran, and like I say, they say there was a illiterate that wrote uh, Revelation. They say it's John, but as far as Christian uh, documents, a lot of things is not in the Bible. But like as far as Muhammad that was in the Quran, when churches broke up, because if you remember, there was uh, what was seven hundred different Christianity. Uh, Muhammad was a messenger from uh, God. Why have that? Have that? Why is that? Uh, as I say, dealing with, I read the King James, but as far as I've been doing a lot of studying, and they they say the person that wrote Revelation was illiterate, and they did not want to put that in the Bible. My personal thought. And as far as Muhammad, that was a messenger, which is in the Quran when uh, the Bible, when uh, Christianity broke up, and they, uh, uh, what they say, uh, uh, back then they, they didn't want to, uh, what they say, uh, acknowledge Muhammad, which is a literally, why? My personal thought, why, in general, with King James. Uh, they don't want to, uh, I hate to say, they don't want to, uh, uh, how well for uh, uh, acknowledge uh, a black person as far as a messenger. Because, uh, as I say, a lot of studies I did, they say a uh, person that wrote Revelation was illiterate. Hey, uh, Reginald, Reginald, uh, <clears throat> you, you know what I'm going to recommend for you? That you yeah. would that you would actually take a um, 
<clears throat> biblical history course or church history course online um, in a reputable uh, Bible college or seminary so that you can kind of get some of that data corrected. There's a lot of things you said that we wouldn't be able to even clear up on the line. I know you're doing your own research, but you got to you actually got to sit up under sound teachers to get your historicity right. You got a timeline that's a little suspect in, in phraseology and terminology from different persons that I think um, is not as helpful to you as could be. I appreciate the fact that you're studying, that you're trying to be uh, erudite, but uh, you probably are going to need some help in getting your history uh, uh, corrected. I do appreciate your call. Give me a call in the future. Bless you. Let me go to line number two and talk with Leanne in Oakland. Is Leanne there? Leanne, what is your question, comment, or observation? Well, um, I just wanted to say that my spirit's in trouble lately, and I say maybe it's because of the way the world, my heart is with God, of course, but sitting here dealing with the worldly things, um, such as people you associate with and the spirits that you allow around you and the toes they take on you. And then also knowing that I'm not walking in the way of holiness or as God would perceive as godly and listening to the radio show because every time I come to work this is what I play the 5 to 12 and um, I didn't know how to put it in words but the sound doctrine is like right on the the dot and it just opened my mind to so much meaning that you can't have your foot one way out the door even though God knows our heart but he will allow the the, the devil to have our our body where our soul is with God. And that just woke me up to a whole nother level as I know when I associate with people, I'll be like, Oh, God knows my heart. And you know, that should be good. And this and that. And which now that I know more, just listen to radio shows, educated me, sorry, that it has to be more than that. That's right. Because it is a spiritual warfare. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going through it as we speak. And knowing that the people that you allow in your life can also have an impact, especially with a lot of the false prophets that we have around this world. Sure. And people will perceive to be something that they're not. And I always ask God before I allow people in my life for discernment and understanding. But it's also that key practice of having patience and staying still before that person reveals who they are. A mm-hmm. couple things. I'm going to let you go. <clears throat> I'm glad you listened. I'm glad you heard the exhortation around hygiene, spiritual hygiene. No unclean person will enter into the kingdom of God. That's an admonition for you and me to get our priorities straight, to honor God, to honor God's word, uh, to honor God's method. You need to get up under sound teaching. Uh, so you can grow and make right decisions. Yes, God knows your heart, young lady. He knows all of our hearts, but uh, we can't be going in the wrong direction practically and be going in the right direction in our hearts. So we got to dis- we got to solve that non sequitur. Please uh, work towards being consistent with what you say you are as a Christian uh, and get your priorities straight. Uh, there's no way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And that's really what I would want for you. So give me a call again in the future. And I'll be praying for you, Leanne, because I can tell you um, God has spoken to you today and you want to start doing the right thing. Don't stay doing the wrong thing uh, lest a greater evil come upon you. Let me go to line number 
three and talk with Don in Richmond. Don, what's your question observation? We've got one minute. Okay. Hi, Pastor Jesse. I'll, I'll be respectful of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I just want to go to, well, first of all, thanks for the exhortations I've been hearing. And, and uh, I remember some good things from the um, uh, recent Atlanta uh, Christian Convention, the G, G3. Sure. You know, how how some of the speakers was talking about um, loose living churchgoers, you know, not even given the honorable name of Christian, you know, and, you know, and to be careful in that, yep. in that and that, and that type of thing. So anyway, but however, this is what I'm calling about. I'm not one to who debates what Bible to use and whatnot. I just am thankful for God's Word, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, in Genesis 28, the King James seems to stand alone. At least, you know, I didn't find the same thing in the other Bibles. But the King James has this right. Genesis 28, verse 11, speaking of Jacob, it says, And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones plural of that place and put them for his pillows plural and lay down in that place to sleep now this is telling a story here it's telling a gospel story and it shouldn't be tampered with with the you know with people thinking they're actually correcting it by the wording it another way and because it goes on in uh, verse 18 hey you know what don I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at Genesis twenty eight eleven and I'm gonna render you an answer next week because like I told you we only have one minute. Uh, your your concern is valid. I know you're not arguing. And I'm with you. We just want to have as faithful a translation as possible. I'm not so sure this is translation issue as much as it is understanding the original Hebrew behind it. I'll look at it and get with you next week. Until then, I hope this program helped you. May the Lord bless you, keep you, keep His eyes upon you, bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.